Hey, Survivor. Welcome to Episode 8 of the Vibrant Survivor Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to spot a grandiose female narcissist and other fake friends. I can't wait to let the cat out of the bag for you. Let's dive in. Hey, Survivor. Welcome to the Vibrant Survivor Podcast. Do you want to disconnect from a narcissistic or toxic situation and heal? Are you Googling how to identify a narcissist, narcissistic abuse, and boundaries? Are you feeling stressed and lonely while trying to avoid being sucked back in and lied to again? Hey, I'm Leslie. As a busy wife and mom, I fell for the lies and manipulations of narcissists. I wasted my time, talents, and money on users who kept moving the goalposts. I wanted real relationships and business opportunities and to enjoy life with my family. Instead, I struggled with anxiety, panic attacks, and insomnia, and I couldn't trust my body or anybody until I took a holistic approach to healing. In this podcast, you'll find tips for healthy living, trauma healing, and boundaries so that you'll have the freedom, confidence, and inner peace to respond, not react, after narcissistic abuse. Take a deep breath in, let it out slowly, and just relax. This time's for you. I had a fake friend who was, as it turns out, more of a grandiose female narcissist, kind of a celebrity in her own mind, and all about that fabulous life or the illusion, giving off the illusion of a fabulous life of travel and jet setting and all this other kind of stuff. At one point in time, she was in fact married to a professional athlete. And isn't it interesting that even in remarrying after divorcing the professional athlete, her default would be to go back to taking on the professional athlete's last name. And I believe as a side note that that was for clout. Anyway, and a lot of people recognize a, you know, a well-known athlete. So what better way to give yourself the illusion of clout or credibility or even be kind of a goals for someone else than to have a, a famous name attached to yours. I had been involved uh, in a fake friendship with this woman for several years and went through the love bombing and the whole nine yards and just kind of drawn out a uh, fake friendship. And there were some things that I realized once I came into this knowledge about narcissism and narcissistic abuse that really were tells early on, but I just didn't see it. I couldn't piece it all together. And eventually I did and I went no contact. It really was easier for me to go no contact because I wasn't in her inner circle and as it turns out, because the friendship was largely fake, there wasn't really a lot of invested there. And to a certain degree, because she kept everything surface level, I really didn't have the opportunity to get to know her, which as you know, narcissists are all about getting all this information about you, but not really revealing a whole lot about themselves. But I experienced a lot of things in terms of like the love bombing, the mirroring and things like that. And I wanted to share with you several points to kind of give you some clues, give you some uh, tips on how to better identify these patterns of behavior because after all, uh, narcissism has to do with patterns of behavior over a period of time. That said, one of the love bombing behaviors that I noticed was that I was getting bombed with generic text messages at the same time approximately on a daily basis in the morning. 
and I guess I shouldn't say on a daily basis, it wasn't every day, but like when I did get bombed with these text messages, it was in the morning, first thing, crack of dawn, like maybe in some cases before sunrise. And it would be a generic text message like, how are you? Or praying for you or thinking of you, which on the surface, it's like, well, gosh, that's so nice of someone to ask you how you are or to say that they're praying for you or that they're thinking about you. But that's all there was to it. There was nothing specific to me or my family or anything deeper than those statements that I just shared. I didn't see that at first, but once I came into the knowledge about narcissism and narcissistic abuse, everything started to make more sense. Context is everything. And I think too, over a period of time, after a while, I got weary of receiving these generic messages that had no depth or no substance to them. And towards the end of the time that I was dealing with this person, I would get the messages and I'd be like, okay, what does she want? Like, what do you want? <laughs> I'm looking at my phone going like, what do you want? And my husband actually said to me at one point, I'll bet she sends the same message to everybody. She probably sends that message to everyone or to a bunch of people. And I thought, oh, okay, that makes sense. And side note, I had a conversation later with someone who confirmed to me that this was her routine and it happened to be uh, her ex-husband i had a conversation with him after i went no contact just to kind of get his perspective on things because i had tested her confirmed my my suspicions and went no contact and stayed no contact and her ex-husband actually confirmed to me what i thought and was like yeah that's what she does she gets up at like three or four or whatever in the morning and texts and emails people across the country and you know and reaches out to people and he even referred to her at one point as a conversationalist it's like well what does that mean if you think about how narcissists behave it makes sense like she talks her way into opportunities talks her way uh, into relationships with people and kind of works it so I got confirmation on that. So basically the messages I was receiving via text were just generic outreach messages, kind of that fishing expedition, like, okay, who, who can I get to respond to me? Who can I get to engage with me today? Just saying. Another thing that I noticed was discarding type behavior. And I've noticed this, uh, I noticed this with this woman in particular, and also another woman that I dealt with who was more, I'd say more benign. And basically the discarding behavior consisted of statements like, give them the gift of goodbye. And on the surface, that sounds kind of empowering, like, okay, like you're cutting people out of your life that you know, you're realizing are no good for you or weeding out your, your circle or what have you. But once I figured out what was going on and what I was dealing with, it took on a whole different meaning. Give them the gift of goodbye actually was her discarding people. Another uh, phrase that I've heard from narcissistic females is, oh, I'm done with her. Oh, I'm done with that person. Just And the idea of just throwing people away like they're trash and not really making any effort to communicate or to work through or resolve whatever the misunderstanding, conflict, or whatever is. Oh, I'm done with her. Give them the gift of goodbye. 
may sound empowering, may sound even selective on the surface, but when you realize who and what you're dealing with, you realize, okay, they're discarding people. And not only that, but they're discarding people who have figured out who and what they're dealing with and what the narcissistic female is about. A third thing that I noticed that was a pattern over time was that in addition to the generic messages via text and the unwillingness to really make time to get together face to face in person, that periodically I would get these flyers via text. Come to my event, having this event to celebrate you having this event uh, where I'm speaking and, and come listen to me speak. Again, on the surface, it's like, oh, cool, you know, I'll go support. And I did, I did quite often. I usually, if I was available, I would go. And these were typically events that maybe was like a sit down lunch or a women's tea where there were other women there. And what I realized later was that this ties in with the whole celebrity in their own mind aspect of things where this woman did this quite often and it was an effort to gather women together to focus on her and to live out her fantasy of being this women's ministry leader or this speaker or what have you i just noticed that 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 would the flyers would get kicked out periodically like multiple times per year and i met some people there and and even uh reconnected with some people at some of these events that she and I both knew where that was kind of positive for me but at the same time it was all about getting gathering people together gathering an audience to focus on her to give her that attention and in some cases say if it was a birthday celebration which I also got invited to those bring gifts come bearing gifts shower me with gifts tell me how awesome I am and over time, and especially after I realized who and what I was dealing with, it became apparent that that's what was happening. It took me a while, but I figured it out. A fourth thing that I noticed was there was this pretense of knowing everybody. Oh, I know so-and-so. Oh, I know that person. Oh, I know this person. One time I had lunch with this woman at a restaurant that I suggested, and we met there for lunch. And I knew the owner and had had food uh, from his food truck previously. So I was like, hey, this is kind of a nice midpoint. Let's meet here for lunch. And this was the last time that we got together in person. And after that, I could never pin her down to get together again face to face. And I kind of see why, because she slipped up a little bit during the, this particular lunch date. And basically what happened was we went to this place to have lunch. And I was like, oh, this is one of my favorite places. And a, a few things took place, the mirroring where she ate vegan food with me to kind of mirror me to pretend like she liked vegan food too oh yeah i'll have what you're having type thing and then another thing that happened was i was like yeah the owner's a really cool guy and i i really like his food and he's got good energy nice person oh yeah i know joe and i'm thinking mm, his name's not his name's eddie like who's joe <laughs> so anyway she she literally lied to my face about knowing the owner of the the restaurant and Called out some other name that had nothing to do with this guy and I'm thinking mm, no, that's not it and 
at the time we were in the flow of conversation and I was sharing some things with her and I kind of, I blew it off. Not, I, I'm, I noticed it, but like I kind of blew it off in the flow of conversation. And I thought like, wow, like what? <laughs> like, why would she, why would she say that? And she seemed kind of shifty and uncomfortable even when she said it. And I'm thinking like, why would she lie about something so ridiculous? Like, that's so silly. But now I know who and what I was dealing with. The other thing I noticed was just blatantly smearing other people to my face and just saying horrible things about them. Like, oh yeah, she, you know, she's unfaithful to her husband or she's having affairs or I had to go bail her out because she cheated on her husband and got in trouble and blah, 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 blah. And just, I mean, craziness to where I was like looking at the person that she was talking about funny, like, ooh, like, oh my goodness, that's terrible. But I found out later that it was just all smearing. And I never got the other person's side of the story. And in, in this case, I actually knew the other person. I think I was so taken aback and put off by what was shared this, by the smearing that it made me not want to communicate with that person. And isn't that part of the goal of smearing? Not one of my better moments, but something to be aware of. Finally, another thing that I noticed was that she failed my test. One of the last phone conversations that we had, she had reached out to me via text because she hadn't talked to me in a while. She hadn't heard from me in a while, right? Hadn't gotten that supply of just me reacting like, oh my gosh, hi. And she reached out to me via text, like, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. Like, what's going on? Haven't talked to you, haven't heard from you. She caught me at a time when I was able to respond and I was like, hey, you know, I'm driving soccer carpool right now and I just got back from California, blah, blah, blah and everything's been really busy and yada yada. I just dropped the girls off even right now. And she called me immediately. So we were talking on the phone and in the back of my mind, I'd been meaning to ask her like, what happened to your marriage? As I mentioned previously, she had gotten married or remarried and my husband and I had attended the wedding reception and brought a gift and hung out. I found out like maybe a year later that she got divorced. Like literally they were married for like a year and then that was it. Like they had gotten a divorce or were going through a divorce. And I had asked her previously like what happened or what was going on with her. And she said she was divorcing with dignity. And when we got on the phone later, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna ask her again. And at this point I had come into the knowledge about narcissism and narcissistic abuse. And I thought, I'm gonna ask her again what happened. And if she blames everything on him, that's going to be my tell. And I said, you know, what happened with your marriage? Like, what happened? Uh, I know you said something about divorcing with dignity. Like, what happened? And oh my gosh, the onslaught of blame shifting and everything, just this outpouring of blame shift. Oh, he just, he was after me for my money the whole time and he this and he that and I had to hire some high power lawyer to uh, to fight for me and he wanted my money and he wanted me to do this and that and I just oh I just had to I had to get away and yada 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 and I'm just sitting there listening like mm-hmm mm-hmm oh wow oh really oh wow and I thought okay there's my answer and at that point and it was interesting within the context of that conversation, there was some mirroring that took place too. 
I had just gotten back from California, said, yeah, I just got back from, back from California. My daughter had to play soccer there. So I, we went on a little trip over the weekend. Oh, I'm on my way to California right now. Oh, I just got back from Cali too. Like just, it was, you know, the mirroring took place immediately. It was like she had to match what I was saying. And I don't know where she was. She could have been running the streets of, of Phoenix for all I know and just saying that. But, she, oh yeah, I just, I just got back from California myself and I have to go back actually. And I have to do this and I have to do that and blah, 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 blah. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, cool. Okay. But anyway, point being that there were some behaviors that I noticed were patterned over time. And especially once I come in, came into the knowledge about narcissism and narcissistic abuse, it really pulled everything together and made it clear, brought on all this clarity. Basically, I listened to her, I heard her out about the whole thing with her ex-husband. I was like, okay, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, wow, that's a shame. And once we got off the phone, I thought, okay, oh my gosh, like, okay, there's my answer. Like, that's the tell. She completely blamed everything on him, did not take ownership for anything. And I'm thinking, okay, number one, a lot of what she's told me is probably not true. And two, it's probably the opposite of what she's saying. Like the husband probably got away from her. Like I said, when I looked at everything collectively over a period of several years and these patterns of behavior and then applying the knowledge about narcissism and narcissistic abuse, the abuse cycle, the behaviors and everything, it all made sense. And I, at that point, decided to go no contact. I would not hear from her again until later that year when she tried to hoover me back in. And I just pretty much ignored the hoover and blocked her and, and sealed that deal in that way. I was never really in her inner circle, so I didn't deal with her a whole lot. It was more periodic, but these were some of the things that my dealings with her consisted of. And again, when I looked at the whole time that I had known her, we're talking several years here, there was no depth. I didn't feel any closer to her. I didn't feel like I knew for the amount of time that I had been interacting with her, supporting her through events, through uh, her uh, remarriage to this guy and other things, gifts, birthday parties, giving uh, and responding to her in the process, sharing some aspects of my life with her. I didn't feel like I was any closer to her. I didn't feel like I knew her any better. And that's something that you should be aware of. You should be looking at your relationships like, okay, how much better do I know this person? How much closer do I feel to this person? And granted, there are gonna be relationships in your life where there are gonna be times when you're close and there's gonna be times when maybe you don't talk for a while, but you should be able to connect and feel a connection. You know, you can just tell, like energetically, you can feel when someone really cares about you, when they are really supportive of you, when they're really clapping and cheering for you versus someone who keeps everything surfacey, keeps everything at a distance, keeps that wall up and is just kind of going through the motions, especially in a patterned fashion over time on repeat. Let's recap six signs of a grandiose female narcissist and other fake friends. One is love bombing. It may come in the form of surfacy outreach or generic type outreach, kind of a fishing expedition even. Number two, discarding behavior or language, throwing people away like they're trash, 
no willingness or effort being made to communicate or resolve if there's a conflict, perhaps. Number three, hosting events or some other gathering to have fans fawn over them to feed their fragile ego. Number four, lying blatantly or impulsively in a competitive, insecure, awkward kind of a way. You may bust them as they slip up and forget where they are, forget who they're talking to, and maybe even mixed in with some mirroring. Very fake, very inauthentic. Number five, smearing others, maybe even mutual acquaintances of yours, with lies that may succeed if you don't do any fact-checking or background-checking. Six, blame-shifting. Narcissists are very prideful, very shame-based. And if you ask them a series of questions in a rapid-fire succession, they will lie, get competitive, defensive. They may respond to you with very vague communication, if any. And this is all in an effort to protect that fragile ego and to mask their insecurity, their shame. Your mileage may vary, just some things to look out for and apply to your own situation to raise your discernment and be able to more quickly identify who and what you're dealing with. If this podcast has helped you understand who and what you're dealing with, sharpen your discernment, and move forward on your healing journey, share it with another survivor. Help me help others by leaving a review for the show. And let's connect on social. Take a screenshot, share it in your IG stories, find and tag me at The Vibrant Survivor, and I'll share your post too. I look forward to connecting with you on IG and seeing you back here. You're not alone and you're not crazy. Know who you're dealing with, know who you are. Take care and I'll meet you back here next week. Bye-bye.